That's the theme to Stranger Things, of course, that we I am replicating using my mouth noises because uh, Stephen, Stephen, yeah. you're here as I'm always. Here. Uh, I'm st- I am here. Yes, thank you. Absolutely, couldn't do this. Couldn't do this without Stephen. He's my pitching partner. Because what we've got in story, I was watching Stranger Things, and something I realized: this show is ending soon. All these kids are fucking old. They can't. They can't do it anymore. They're, they they have outmoded the. They have outmoded the format. They have lost all flexibility. Exactly. Exactly. Their joints. Their joints are stiffening up rapidly, as is you know the the legs of this show. But uh, what do we want? We're hungry for more Stranger Things as a nation. People can't get enough fucking Stranger Things. You know? Have you observed this, Stephen? I eat Stranger Things for breakfast. Absolutely. Stranger Things cereal. Stranger Things lunchbox. Stranger Things flamethrower. You know, it's all there. Merchandising, merchandising. I myself have the Stranger Things Lego. You do? I bet you do. I do. I do have the. I do in reality have the Stranger Things. You, what do you, do you play with it, and when you're taking your bath? Yeah, I play. I I put it over my because the thing is, it's brilliant because it's uh, the upside down and how it achieves that. It's the regular Lego set on top, and then on the bottom, uh, on the undercarriage, of it is the upside down, and it is kept aloft by two trees that act as pillars. So I could arc it over my bathtub. And play with my little guys. So the universe, have my little guys. The Stranger yeah. Things universe is two trees. Yeah, the Stranger Things universe is mostly about what if there was what if there was a normal tree, but underneath it there was a spooky tree. Um. Okay. And and yeah. it's but it's trees. It's all tree. Yeah, it's mostly tree based. It's a tree based uh, mysticism in the show. Remember, you get the tree level in Donkey Kong sometimes. Absolutely, yeah. You get the tree. It's just like the tree level in Donkey Kong. I love the tree Except level. Had some of the best music. Yeah, absolutely. They were smoking those trees. You'd be inside of a tree, right? And, yeah. And you're playing Donkey Kong, and the music is is really good. And man, I tell you, I, the, I the was music just, was. I would lose that level on purpose just to replay it. Over just to hear yeah, the music uh the music would make you feel like you're inside of a tree <laughs> uh and that's what stranger things is about that's what in order to get into the other universe they go inside a magic tree and you know they're always talking about tree magic and uh they, they're saying we love trees all the time and they're trying to get rid of all the trees you know uh it's like a big thing because like the bad guy in stranger things wants to get rid of all the trees you know is, about that is this lego stranger things or just all, is, does it all share the same lore? Because I know it some, all shares the same lore. Because I know one like, of the interesting things about Game of Thrones is that the yeah. HBO version is a little bit different from the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wondering, maybe the Lego version is a little bit different from. Like, I'm sure if they want to do a Lego version of, say, a Clockwork Orange, they're yeah. going to take out some aspects, some of the ultra violence. They're going to turn it into Lego violence, which <laughs> is you know cute. You know, instead of instead of killing a lady with a giant penis. Uh, uh, Alex DeLarge kills a lady with a giant Lego brick instead. And th- instead of the trees, I get the, all the Stranger Things. They'd be talking about, oh, the bricks. We need brick magic, you know? <laughs> and they're going at the upside brick down. And, you know, they're talking about bricks because everything is bricks, you know? And the upside down, instead of getting bricked up, do you get bricked down? You get bricked down. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> 
Bricked Up is funny because I, I made a comic about Bricked Up because um, it evolved separately because in black people use and in hip hop, Bricked Up is used to mean an erection. But in the trans community, it's used to mean somebody that doesn't pass, which is, uh, you know, a weird parallel behavior. It's also something that I as shouldn't use. Well, no, you can use it because you're in the Lego community. <laughs> You're right. We're bricked up in the Lego. Okay, we're all bricked up in the Lego community. Absolutely. Um, and you know, all these shows that we're going to pitch today, they will have corollary Lego tie-ins, which is the most important thing. Yeah. Um, or as they say in America, corollary. Corollary. Right. Corollary. But in Canada, where you yeah. say pasta and you say other things such and, and, and such and such, it's corollary. Corollary. Uh, <laughs> so who doesn't throwback nostalgia horror shows? We love throwback nostalgia horror shows. That's what it's all about this episode. And so we're going to, we're going to give you some of our pitches. First off, we got the nineties throwback. Okay. Everyone loves the nineties, right? You know, Forrest Gump, grunge, new metal. Uh, 90s hip-hop, Wu-Tang Clan, you know, we're getting, a lot getting of really things, deep into it. A lot it. of good things happened in the 90s. Uh, America was discovered in the 90s, as I'm sure you know. Yes, absolutely. That's when that's when a 90s Christopher Columbus came with his Nickelodeon shorts, and he was like, <laughs> well, man! <laughs> and yeah. uh, That's uh, when Christopher Columbus lined up all the Native Americans and made them salute his shorts. Uh, they did do that. That was the horrible Salute Your Shorts massacre. Uh, we all remember that he killed them all after that because uh, he was an evil man. But he was very zany and wacky while doing it. And uh, the thing about the 90s is the only CRT they cared about in the 90s was cathode ray tube televisions because we had those then. And they made us feel because they were warm and fuzzy. They emitted a glow. You could run your fingers over them and feel the static. Uh, and movies looked softer there wasn't in high definition, so everything looked sort of out of focus and blurry, and that it made things sort of a, a little more inaccessible. Seeing all these old 90s shows in high focus has made me realize that production value was kind of bad. Uh, so what we need to do is we need to get back to this time. We need to get back to this blurry time. And uh, the, the show that we're pitching is called The End of History, and it's about a group of kids all of whom are in wheelchairs, because that was a big thing in the 90s. You know how they had, like, the Burger King Kids Club or, like, the real Ghostbusters, and there was always a person who was in a wheelchair in order to demonstrate? Because there was, there was a slight PC movement in the 90s, a slight movement of inclusion for, to get for, everyone For wheelchair-bound people? Yeah, for the wheelchair-bound, for, for the disabled people. And so, but the the problem is in the '90s, the the character would always be called like Wheels or something, yeah. <laughs> or, or like Rider, or like you know the the theme was all. It wasn't about them as a human, but it would be them as a human uh, bound. Uh, yeah. To well, a your legs are now wheels, so we have to your refer to you by the di thing that's different. But that's the thing in the TV show is like it's we're gonna take that to eleven because they get their superpowers from their wheelchairs. Hey you and I go back. 50 years, and our names yeah. are f both are fats. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. People, be... oh, I, will go, I would go into a store, and the person showing me to my booth would be like, hey, fats, where are you sitting? Yeah. 
And you and you would take that in stride, you know, because, uh, you know, you're right. I think I'll have a cigar and a donut. Yeah. Which is, you ever had, that was a classic 50s treat where you would smoke a cigar and you'd have like a donut on the cigar. That you eat and at as the end. Yeah. Yeah. It comes, it, it slowly gets closer to you. <laughs> yeah, as, as it burns down. <laughs> we'll be talking about that in the 50s throwback. That'll be something. So we have these four kids in wheelchair, the two main kids. So there's always going to be two main kids. Uh, and it's Corey and Cody. And they're just two 90s kids. They wear jean jackets all the time. You know, they love early skateboarding. Uh, they, they're going to, like, the first X Games. They're talking about the first X Games. Oh, That's hey a now. huge thing Are you thing sure the them. first X Games was in the 90s? I was that? It doesn't matter. It's, it, it, it matters. <laughs> they get tons of things wrong about the 80s and Stranger Things. I think the first X Games was in the 90s. If I, wanted to, if I had to guess, it was in 93, I want to say. All right. Are you looking this up? Are you genuinely looking this of, up now? Of course I am. I, any chance I have to prove you wrong, I jump at it. <laughs> God damn it, it was 1995. Ah, yeah, So you were yeah, right so overall. You were right. very close. Mm-hmm. So the first, yeah, so it takes, the first season will take place in 1995. The heat of the 90s. Lion King's just come out. They're all talking about Lion King. First X Games, you know, uh, Primus, you know, and they're in that mode. And um, so the thing about it, it's called The End of History. And it's based on, uh, it's based on the, uh, philosophical economic novel by Francis Fukuyama, right? Everyone remembers Francis Fukuyama, of course. Big 90s figure, Francis Fukuyama. He was, it's, it goes Kurt Cobain, uh, fucking uh, The Fifth Element, and Francis Fukuyama, <laughs> Francis Fukuyama. So hot. Absolutely. He's what everyone remembers. And, um, but we, so his book was about how uh, democracy... American democracy has solved everything and there are no more wars left to fight, which is very funny because then they would fight a bunch of wars. Those, uh, were, those were not really wars. Yeah, they were police actions. Those were, were. yes, we did, um, what's, uh, what's Putin calling it? Uh, special, we did special actions. <laughs> yeah, that's, that shit is awesome. <laughs> I love that. No, it's not a war. It's a special action. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, man. That's what um, I call it. Yeah. <laughs> That's when the, all the cookies go missing in the pantry. I say, I no, I did not eat all the cookies. I that was a special a, action. I had to do a special action. Did kinetic strikes? We had to do some strategic kinetic strikes on these cookies. Um, and trying, you know they're going to right now. What I'm trying to do is do that thing where you eat all the cookies and then you try to buy a replacement before yeah. they before they notice. <laughs> but you then eat the the replacement well, too. Then so you, you have gotta, to buy so then, a second. Then you're in a dilemma because so you got to eat the replacement down to where they were at the point at which you think it's acceptable to leave them and have them be discovered as, yeah. as a double. But mm-hmm. of course, once you start eating them, you know you can't stop eating the cookies. So Absolutely. you do end up having to go to the store again. If you're smart, you buy a lot at all at once, but only, I think, but then get rid of the receipt. You know, I lament I lament the the dissolution of the cookie jar in our culture because, you know, if that had still existed, you would have been caught with your hand in the cookie jar more than once, Mr. Did the cookie jar still exist in the 90s? Uh, yeah, I think the cookie jars are going to be a huge part of this show, obviously. Okay. Like, because along with their their special wheelchairs are, atta- are uh, <laughs> attached to magical cookie jars. Okay. 
and like each cookie jar is painted differently to reflect the personality of the kid. Like Corey's wheelchair has fire abilities. He can use fire, you know, and Cody, he's a bit of a cool customer. So he uses ice. (laughs) And, uh, you know, they have a synergy, of course. Uh, Absolutely. They can make water. Yeah, they can make water. Uh, And, you know, and that's going to be a big thing because uh, Waterworld, the end of history, we're taught the 90s. We're talking about water wars, too. The big fear was that the water is going to fucking run out. So we need these kids with their magical wheelchairs. And we're going to we're going to do a um, of course, the villain in the show is Dr. Fukuyama. It's going to be a throwback to it's going to be a throwback to the 90s when you could still get away with Asian racism. So so we're going to do a lot of Asian racism in this show as well. And it's going to be very well received. Okay. Um, <laughs> that, uh, that's, that's weird, man. Like, you mean like an evil doctor, like with a Fu Manchu mustache type deal? Yeah, he's, fr- he's Francis Fu-, Fu Manchu Yama. Okay. And they're going to get his name mixed up all the time. People are going to love it because it'll be just like the 90s when you could get away with Asian racism. And maybe racism. We, can, we can get Jack Black to play him. Yeah, we'll absolutely get Jack, and he'll be doing, like, a crazy accent. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to do it on the show. We're not going to do it here because it it won't work without the context. But trust me, when Jack Black is doing that Jackie Chan accent, you're going to be you're gonna be it's, laughing it's just, your ass off. It's just, when we get to play Francis Fukuyama, we get Jack Black to do a Jackie Chan impression. Yeah, that's, that's it. He's going to be an impression of this American-Japanese guy. He's going to be doing a Jackie Chan impression. Because Jackie Chan also made his big, big American hit in the 90s, Rumble in the Bronx. We're going to have a Rumble in the Bronx sequence. Is that Jackie Chan's first, like, breakthrough into America? Because I first really got uh, exposed to Mr. Chan with Rush Hour. And I think, when was Rush Hour? Rush Hour came after Rumble in the Bronx. Rumble in the Bronx was 96. Rush Hour was 98, I think. Uh, Yeah, Rush Hour was his first uh, English language... No, maybe not as first, but his first big American co-produced English language movie. As I look back to my youth and realize how many movies I went to, I kind of want to file charges of child abuse against my parents because no one should take their kid to the movies. I think that's wrong. Oh, well, uh, my dad took me to Saving Private Ryan and then uh, the lady in front of him gave him guff. That's But cool. it's, you know. Good for that lady. Kids should not be allowed to go see movies. I was, it's funny when everyone comments on like, oh, they'll allow violence in movies, but not sex. For some reason, when I was a kid, movie violence never upset me, mm-hmm. but I would get sort of freaked out when there was sex. It's very funny. Well, so, if you're watching it with your parents. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I was watching Fists of Fury with uh, with my dad, the Bruce Lee movie, Fists of Fury, and there's a, there's a naked lady in that movie. And I was like, I want to turn this off. I don't want to watch this with you, dad. Yeah, and it was like, are you upset? No, I'm not upset. I just don't want to watch this with you, Dad. Yeah, uh, and there's going to be a scene of that in the '90s throwback because that was a classic thing: renting a tape with your dad, getting us getting it from Blockbuster. <laughs> oh no, there's breasts in it. Now you have to have a weird conversation. So we're going to have a scene of Cody and Corey watching a movie with like with Brett, like maybe Jerry Maguire is on, and the yeah. the sex scene and Jerry Maguire comes on, and they get feeling really uncomfortable. Yeah, man, we really and, but, are just gonna appeal straight to the millennials. Well, that's how their powers get activated, right? The tension. Oh yeah. The tension create. They're watching in their wheelchairs, 
And, you know, the the, discom- it, the the thing is they use discomfort power. Their power in the show is, I mean, that's why they, uh, the Jack Black, Asian racism, Francis Fukuyama is so powerful. It's because he's very uncomfortable. And so his Everyone plan, is, his, Dr. Fukuyama's plan is to end the world? He, yeah, it's the end of history. He wants specifically to end history. Okay. He thinks that we've had too much history. It's over. We can declare it is over. Um, and so he wants to stop time itself and freeze everything in place. Oh, my um, God. And he uses spooky powers. Eventually, w- with his spooky powers, he becomes Dr. Spookuyama. Oh, like he uses, like, monkey head or something? Yeah, something. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean monkey head? Like, that's one of his spooky powers, his mon- monkey head? He has a monkey, monkey head. Monkey head is one of his powers? He has a monkey head? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it just levitates by <laughs> Just levitates him. by him. Yeah, absolutely. That's <laughs> that's spooky. Uh, yeah, he's gonna use Monkey Head to end to freeze time. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's like it, Monkey Head is like the Iago character. He's <laughs> like a he's like a wise ass '90s Disney Renaissance. Of also, course. so we're gonna be making lots of references to the Disney Renaissance. Maybe Monkey Head can be played by none other than Eddie Murphy. No, no, <laughs> wrong. Why? Wrong. No. He played Mushu. No, yeah, but you don't want to you don't want to do anything with uh, black people and monkeys. That's He's like that's a bad. little nice monkey though. No, <laughs> I guess we're already going hard with the Asian. We couldn't go. You couldn't get away with the black racism in the nineties. We have to say that to for the seventies. Through you to... were trying to be racist because that's what the it's discomfort power. No. This show is this show is branded on discomfort power. So we need. I liked him playing Mushu. I just want to see him playing another sidekick. That's all. I yes so but it would have to be a different a head of a different animal. Fine, Doctor you know, Fukuyama doesn't He can have play to have a donkey. Monk. He can play a dragon. Why doesn't he have? He could li- play lizard a phoenix. Head. Lizard he head. Could, he has lizard yeah, head. Yeah, lizard head is lizard head is fine. Okay, lizard head is fine. That's totally. He can be lizard head, and he goes uh, and he says Eddie Murphy stuff. You know, he'll say it's Jack Black and Eddie Murphy. They're riffing with each other. I mean, this, they're old. This bros. is going to be a, a blockbuster if it's got jack black and eddie murphy and the, eddie murphy yeah netflix time. netflix uh richer than it's ever been will be able to afford this that would be i kind of i would love to see this maybe we get will smith as the main character is what is Corey yeah well yeah uh, will smith is he's Corey's dad no will no smith will smith but dad. we dh him well, you're right you're right and cody should be Jaden. oh <laughs> and it's like they get to relitigate after earth you know after earth was kind of a flop yeah. And maybe they have some, like, homosexual tension. There's a little homosexual tension because it's discomfort power. It's discomfort power. That's what that's what it's going their, on. Their wheelchairs bump one day. Yeah. The wheels And touch, then they, they look into they look each, other's each other's eyes. And it's Jaden yeah. and his dad looking at each other and they... And then, yeah, yeah, the instrumental version of uh, of A Whole New World starts playing. I can show you the world. And, you know, in the end, they combine, they have to combine their fire and ice powers to make, like, the steaming water that eventually Ooh, takes down uh, Dr. Spookyama. They use steam to defeat Dr. S- Dr. Spookyama? Yeah, because it's it, it's funny because it's like the end of history was technologically based. And what's the ultimate source of all technology? Steam, baby! It's steam! And that's going to be, that's going to be, they're going to say, steam, baby! At the, at the same time when they use their steam powers. Ooh! That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Man. Uh, um, okay, so... So I, I think that's... that's We're uh, off to a great start. That the one's end a wrap. Of I, mean, I think that one's... I think we... I that think was we in the bag. Put a yeah, bow on I that. Think, uh, perfect. Um, 
70s throwback, you know. Okay. And this remind you remember in the seven that 70s show, it had a spin-off that 80s show which was very successful? Yeah, I thought that that was what Stranger Things was. That's what Stra- that is what Stranger Things was. Uh, Stranger Things is a spin-off of that 70s show. Look closely and you might even see Michael Kelso. Um Michael Kelso, played okay. by Ashton Kutcher. You played insert, by famous. I can famous, insert a laugh track right there if you, you want. You could insert a laugh track, but it. don't. No, it, should, I will. it should it should stay as it is. No. But seventies throwback, <laughs> what was more popular in the seventies than fucking disco, okay? Um Gasoline. Gasoline was more popular. Yes, that that's gonna be part of it. There's gonna be the gas crisis is because the devil himself is hoarding gas. Because uh, Hell's flames are dying, and he needs all that gas. Okay, how about this? The Devil is a yeah. role reprised by none other, none other than Mr. Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. His original role in The Devil, of course, is in Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. Of course. A movie set in the 70s and about the 70s, <laughs> which stars none other than uh, Dr. Spooky Yama himself, uh, Jack Black. <laughs> okay, so 70s... What's the title of the 70s throwback? Disco Inferno. And the main characters in this one are Sylvester and Cody. And they have to rescue their friend, uh, Daryl, from Disco Hell. From Disco Hell? From Disco Hell, yeah. There's going to be all sorts of, like, disco theme. You know, Indiana Jones, they have the rock behind them. There's going to be a big disco ball that tries to crush them. You know, there's going to be, like, a, a light-up dance floor, but the dance floor is lasers, you know. It's disco hell. Is it, does, <laughs> does 70s James Bond ever have to, like, go through a disco dance? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there was at some point where he was trying to kill somebody on a disco dance floor. Uh, or where he was uh, trying to evade somebody on a disco. Dude, we, we didn't have enough disco Bond. It's so obvious how James Bond throughout the years just tries to cash in on whatever the current... Yeah, I remember all those Daniel Craig dubstep Bond <laughs> movies. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, Well, no, they well, they were cashing in for a while. They were like, parkour, that's going to be the next big thing. That was only in the Casino Royale. And you know what? That, that parkour scene, it fucking rips. I'm sorry. That parkour scene is fucking, that fucking rules. Yeah, okay. What's that uh, online video of where the guys like declare parkour and there's that in Always Sunny? Is that always no? That's sunny? a that's a The Office joke. The Office oh. joke is they just found out about parkour and then they're doing bad moves while going parkour, parkour. Yeah. That joke is actually pretty funny. Sometimes I will, sometimes I will like jump on a ledge on the street and go parkour. Well, you know, <laughs> when you're when you're being intentionally disruptive in class, it's yeah. kind of like. One of the easiest ways to make everyone laugh and appreciate you. Mm-hmm. So if you're in high school and you're listening to this, one thing that you can do that's funny is say parkour while you jump all over all the desks and knock everything over. Yeah, it just ruin everyone's shit. Well, yeah, but it's school <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah. What you should do is the diabetic kid, you should throw away his insulin medication and go parkour. <laughs> <laughs> that's something that you can do to be a popular yeah. kid in this in in school. Take a Snickers and and go to the allergy kids table and just start passing it around. Yeah, absolutely. Just just uh, uh, run it under his nose like a Cohiba cigar. Mm. Run the Snickers under like a big Cohiba. Do you enjoy Snickers? Yeah, Snickers is good. Like I, I one like a Snickers. day, you'd say? 
not one a day. It's a it's a Snickers is a B tier candy bar. To me, the the Snickers combination is more effectively realized in the O Henry. Man, that's a seventies ass sounding candy bar. O Henry. O Henry. That's a nineteen tens ass sounding candy bar. It's about that playwright, that weird playwright, that wrote Grift of the Gift of the Magi. There's a bunch of weird seventies candy. Bunch of weird, I mean, weird seventies candy is going to be like, uh, yeah. they're going to be, they're going to be chomping down on a Charleston shoes all the time. Zag, zag nut. They love zag nuts. They're always talking about their zag nuts, Sylvester and Cody. Wig wag. Um, That's another one. Absolutely. Abba zabba's. Curly whirly. Uh, uh, well, curly whirlies are, curly whirlies are great. Yeah. They're always eating their curly whirlies. <laughs> so. They have to rescue their friend Daryl from Disco Hell. How does Daryl get captured by the Disco Devil to begin with? Uh, bareback fucking. Because that's what they were doing a lot in the 70s. It's before AIDS. So, like, a big thing in the show is bareback fucking. And, of course, Sylvester and Cody, they won't be kids. Well, they'll be, they'll be like, 19, you know. Because we can't have kids bareback fucking. Obviously, we can't have kids bareback fucking. I mean, That'll the, be a big problem. In the 70s, though, you could. Like, so if we're going to go by 70s rules, like how we did with <laughs> the 90s and the racism. Yeah. Uh, we... We're no. going to have to, I guess we're going to, we won't show it, but it's going to be implied that these kids are, are barebacking. You know? Okay. I guess you can do that. In Stranger Things, they have 16-year-olds fucking, and it's, but well, obviously a, they'll be played by adult actors. That's bad. So you'll be like. That's bad. What? You can't do that. You can't have 16. Yeah. You can't have that. Can't do you can't that. have you that. Can't, you can't, you can't have adults portray 16-year-olds fucking. That's no, a no, bridge no, too no, far. No, no, no. Can't have that. No, 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 no. That's illegal. No, no, no. We make that illegal. So you hate euphoria as well. You're, you're anti-euphoria. Hey, don't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny you say that because that's actually uh, Cody's catchphrase in the show. Is, hey, don't put me on the spot like that. Hey, don't Cody's put me on the... big Cody's big arc is he loves disco. But unfortunately, you know when you know when the the audience parts in a disco club and one guy starts soloing really hard, that's mm-hmm. Cody's worst fear in the world. You know he wants to blend in with the dance crowd. He mm-hmm. does. Sylvester, on the other hand, he's a king of soloing. You know he'll do a solo dance any time of the week. You know he he has that supreme confidence. But his art, he's arrogant. You know, and they help each other throughout the show. Um, of course, Sylvester will have fire powers and Cody will have ice powers. Uh, boy, again? Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's, it's disco hell, you know. But that's the thing about Sylvester is he learns that his fire powers in hell, they're not very useful, okay? Well, he should you probably, know, I mean, he's probably wearing like a polyester suit. Aren't those flammable? Yeah, yeah. It's a, his hotshot powers, you know, he's always getting called hotshot. They're always making fun of him. He's getting taken down a peg. Uh, but eventually he learns how to create the blue flame. We're going to have to hire, like, people who are much older than us to do the consulting work on the uh, 70s, because I, I have no frame of reference for what the 70s were like other than perhaps that 70s show. So yeah. I'm trying to think, what was it like in the 70s? Like There were a they... lot of Topher Graces in the what? 70s. Topher Grace was just what? all over the place what in the 70s. What did they even do? They, they, they were, like, going to, like, drive-in movies They were still? going to drive-in movie theaters. But they, they, were, they were necking at tw- drive-in movie theaters. They had been doing it for 20 years. So They, they were they were it. fighting in World War II in the 70s. World War II was happening No, they in were the doing 70s. Vietnam. What? No, that was World War II. I guess it is like one continuation of the American yeah. Imperial Project. But. It's the same thing. Okay. Well, <laughs> World War II is not really the American Imperial Project. Oh, yes, it was. Are you kidding? 
We Pure, saw actually, yeah, you're you right. Kidding? We did a lot of stuff. You kidding me? We did Gladio. We did Gladio. We took and over so Gladio is going to be a big part of Disco Inferno as well. They're gonna they're gonna meet their buddies in Gladio. Huh? That's you cool. know about you know about Gladio, right? Um, of course I know about Gladio. You, you know about Gladio for the people that don't know about Gladio. <laughs> of course, <laughs> the people who aren't Gladio Gaga. The people, uh, so uh, fucking uh, oh, those are, are those were Gladio Gaga, Gladio <laughs> Goku. Yeah, uh, fucking. Uh, I think that's an '80s. That's an '80s Queen song. So we couldn't have it for this, but we would have Killer Queen. Killer Queen's gonna make an appearance. So you you can bet it. You can, can bet. Can you it. sing? Can you sing uh, Freddie Mercury songs? Sure. You have the chops. You you think you got the chops? I well, I can sing the ones that aren't so that aren't so hard. But <laughs> how do you sing Killer Queen? Uh, uh, she keeps mowing Shandon in a pretty cabin and just like Batman, just like Mary Antoinette. She came naturally from Paris. Cause she couldn't care less. A studious and precise. She's a killer. Green let die gelatin. And that's gonna be in the song. Okay, you gotta, gonna you gotta <laughs> If you wanna hear more of that, you gotta yeah. go to patreon.com slash house of decline <laughs> and subscribe your ass. Cause we do so much more musical stuff on the Patreon episode. Oh, it's amazing, yeah. You're gonna love it. You're gonna get a comic every day exclusive. That you cannot find anywhere else. House of Decline Can exclusive not find comics. Patreon.com slash House of Decline. Patreon Blue Chew. Smoke Blue Chew. Uh, Patreon.com slash... Can you imagine a guy smoking Blue Chew, just crushing Blue Chew up and smoking it? <laughs> In a crack pipe. Maybe, and so cocaine is going to be a big part of this. Uh, Disco Hell is, of course, they're the ones that are providing all the cocaine to the discos. Uh... Because then they realize they're not actually in hell. They're ju- they've just been in Bolivia this whole time, and they've been calling it hell because they're very racist. They're very racist against the Bolivians. Hmm. I'm trying to think. So that's going to be a big point. Who? What actor of the '70s would we get? Or two couple? Maybe we could get maybe uh, Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett and and uh, George C. Scott Ooh. are <laughs> Sylvester and Cody. <laughs> Sylvester's a girl's name. Yeah. Hot. Hot. Uh, they're both dead, of course, so we're going to have to digitally de-age them. <laughs> of course, yeah. But we have... Well, that. That's easy. We can do... We can just take stuff from other movies and, like, you know... Absolutely. We're going to get that. their skeletons. We're going atta- to We're gonna attach them to big, big puppet rigs, big marionette rigs. We're going to weekend at Bernie's them. But it's their skeletons, you know, so it'll be easier to digitally de-age their skeletons than just, say, a random skeleton, you know? Yeah, well, the um, I believe the MGM uh, Universal owns the skeletons of all its stars. Absolutely, um, that's something you sign away is the rights to your likeness and your skeleton. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we keep your skeleton in a closet. Um, we keep every single. <laughs> that's where that phrase comes from. <laughs> <laughs> big closet. They got a big closet of celebrity skeletons. Uh, okay, I got an idea for for uh, Stranger Things. <clears throat> Orson Welles. Stranger Things. Orson, Orson Welles, Stranger Things. It's just like, it's like completely disorienting, like Mr. Arcaden. 
Yeah. And it, it ends completely ambiguously. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be good. That's the one thing. Stranger Things, for a show about mysteries, it often resolves a lot of things. I don't think that's cool. Mm-hmm. I think there should be a little more strangeness. It's not very strange at all. These plots are very normal. They defeat a bad guy. They rescue a guy. That's not weird at all. What about something where they just do a bunch of stuff and then something weird happens and then nothing gets resolved or... Yeah. yeah, someone was saying on Twitter that the problem with the movies is they're over-explaining the world all the time. They're doing the background like, the, oh, we got to make sure you know exactly what's going on in the world. We can't just have, you know, the concept in media res, where you just, uh, you're in the middle of things and that's where you start. Well, yeah. Speaking of in media res, uh, I have Netflix on in the background, and the Stranger Things ad has started playing automatically. So give me one second to turn that off. Another great uh, candy bar from the 70s is Banjo. Peanut uh, Banjo. And it's new new in 1978 with extra peanuts. I believe this was in uh, United Kingdom. I was watching pounds. Stranger Things previous to this. That's how I got the idea for the episode. Oh, well, hey, full disclosure, I was just talking about the uh, the new Banjo peanut bar that came out in 1978 with extra peanuts. The new Banjo peanut bar? Yeah, it's an English or, uh, you know, from the UK. Yeah. You know? That's, and, well, it's funny you say that because that's where the show is set. The show is said, because people think about, you know, New York disco in the 70s. What about UK disco? Where huh. I thought that in the, in the 70s, the UK was all punk. You, you would, they would make you to think that, but they had, they had their own version of UK disco where the four to floor beat, the, the bass drum would just go, bruv, 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 bruv. <laughs> so that's going to be like a big, that's going to be a big component is bruv disco. They were also still dealing with, like, the fallout of the war between the mods and the rockers. Yeah, that was a huge thing, you know. England was laid waste. You know, you, you hear about the Blitz. That's because of all the speed that they were doing. <laughs> that was oh, a yeah. thing. I it's so funny that the Beatles did speed. It's so funny that that was the first drug they did. It's it's great. I love speed, and I wish, yeah. you know, everyone makes fun of the people on YouTube who uh, go and comment on Led Zeppelin videos like, man, I was born in the wrong decade. Um, <laughs> I do that on videos about speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some, some sort of variant of speed. So, yeah, pre- man, you can't get Preludin anymore. I wish you could get Dexedrin, but you can't get Dexedrin anymore. I think you can get it, but you have to have Speed a- was so popular... The, the come on Eileen people, Dexie's Midnight Runners, the, the Dexie is Dexedrin. They mm-hmm. were talking about, it's a speed reference. Motorhead is also a speed reference. Um, and, you know, that's what, that what the, the, we said it was going to be cocaine, but it's going to be a lot of speed as well. They're going to be doing tons of speed. That's cool. It is cool. Yeah. It is a cool thing to do. Um, it's bad for you, so don't do it. But, uh, yeah. It is fun as hell. Unless you have Adderall, which is good for you because it's prescribed by a doctor. Some people do need it. I, I used to not believe in ADHD, but I believe in it. No, I definitely... Oh, no, ADHD exists. It does. Sure. And some people... But benefit. it is overprescribed, but it absolutely exists. Yeah. And I'm you know what? I'm glad it's overprescribed because it's also fun for regular people. Yeah. Regular people should get Adderall, too. You, yeah, you don't know, you, you don't... Know, don't you want to know everything about the parts of the Bible that weren't included in the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's going to be a huge component of Disco Inferno Well is the 
Everybody likes lost media narratives. What's the biggest lost media of all? That's right, the lost books of the Bible. Cool. And also, Jesus Christ Superstar was huge in the 70s. Absolutely. He was. Uh, Jesus Christ Superstar was the superstar in the 70s. You ever see they that They should have called it Andrew Lloyd Webber Superstar. You ever see that one? You see that? Yeah. Jesus Christ okay. Superstar. Superstar. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I've seen it many times. It's not times. good. I kind of hate it. it. Times. Oh, oh, it's one of my fave movies. Jesus Christ Superstar, one of your fave movies? Love it. Yeah, that's how I was converted to Christianity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were all sucking dick on that set. They well, were okay. all... What I like about Jesus Christ Superstar is that it, it sort of exemplifies the uh, Christianity of the 70s, which, mm -hmm. which was a, a lot of hippies sort of became Christian. Mm -hmm. And they were just wild with it. They would just invent stuff mm -hmm. about it. And so Jesus Christ Superstar has like that kind of like inventiveness that's going on. Because mm -hmm. a lot of the things that occur in that movie are not in the Bible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think the Jews ever. It's kind of anti-Semitic that movie too, because you have a bunch of Jewish priests. Who is this Jesus? This Jesus must die. Yeah, this Jesus must die. They have, <laughs> they have a whole the Jews saying the, the Jesus Jew, must die. So. The Jews have the lowest voices. Yeah, that's how you know they're spooky. That's because they're the they're bad spooky guys. Jews yeah. in, in Jesus Christ superstar. They're the bad guys. They're trying to kill yeah. Jesus. He's the good guy. Yeah, it's weird because, like, Pontius Pilate has, like, a moment of reflection in that movie. Like, they give more humanity to Pontius Pilate, the guy who actually kills Jesus, than... I would love to do a movie about Jesus from the point of view of the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, this insane cult leader is taking over your society. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That, like, beyond bits, I, that movie where you have to stop, you have to stop Jim Jones Jesus is very funny. I mean think like i mean yeah it would have been terrifying because it's like this thing keeps getting bigger he's yeah. got thousands of followers now he's saying he's the king mm -hmm. uh is isn't someone gonna stop this this is crazy i'm watching um the new uh flds documentary which one is flds that that's the fundamentalist latter-day saints they're the ones that uh. um, warren Je you know warren jeff's yeah, I do know where in jail. He's like in jail now for sex trafficking. Yeah. And because like what he would do is just like do polygamous marriages to his friends and give all of the young girls to his horrifyingly old friends and they would do sex trafficking. Uh, but they had, at one point had like 10,000 followers. It's a lot. It's insane. It's a lot of people. To control that many people's lives. Well, it's very funny because it's like... Uh, one of the biggest differences between a cult and a religion, or so I've been told, is that a cult is usually centered around one person that's still alive, mm -hmm. and it's about aggrandizing the one person mm -hmm. in the cult, which, you know, Christianity was up until he died, and then his death becomes the story of the religion, you know. Uh, it, it becomes a religion once that leader dies, but it's funny because, like, uh, you know, Jim Jones didn't carry on after Jim Jones uh, Om Shinrikyo did carry on after the death of Shoko Asahara, though, so maybe that's the one, you know? Maybe that one maybe. will, well, maybe that one will have some legs. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. They still have, they still have offices, they still have members, Om Shinrikyo, which is very funny. I mean, aren't they still sort of trying to do attacks, too? Didn't they do an attack recently? I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe think that, maybe we should incorporate Om Shinrikyo, but that's, a, we should have incorporated them into our 90s throwback show. 
because that's when they were that's that was their heyday. Um, but uh, you know, I think this '70s one, I think it has a lot of legs. I think it does. We're gonna all of these things that you've heard today, cults, you know, mm-hmm. fucking the Mormons. They're gonna have weird Mormons is gonna be a thing. They're gonna have to go to a commune of weird Mormons in order to learn their fire and ice powers. They didn't, an and they're gonna get 20, traffic. Sorry, news break, but. Om Shinrikyo did an attack in 2019. That's wow. That's like you know that that's like fucking uh, uh, Duran Duran releasing an album today. You know that's a <laughs> pretty that would be pretty sick. good stuff. I love yeah. Duran Duran. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> Her name is Rio and she dances on the ass. You know how I got yeah. into it, Duran Duran? Yeah. From the Arctic Monkeys. Ooh, because I was Duran Duran to... is much better than the Arctic Monkeys. Sure, but I was, I mean, the, so the Arctic Monkeys were hugely hyped for some reason. Um, yeah, I think maybe the record companies were like, "We have to, we have to try again." God yeah. damn it, we're not dead yet. We're gonna try again. Well, they were hugely hyped because they had that one really, really good single. I bet you look good on the dance yeah, floor, I covered and it. then it was I covered all it. just. I, I covered that a lot in high school. Yeah, it, it's a really cool fucking song, and they were never able to write a song that good again. Uh, yeah, they weren't. It's sad. I like the yeah. guys, though. Anyway, besides the Arctic Monkeys, who I don't really listen to anymore, they talked. To, they did a Duran Duran reference in one of their songs on that album that has, uh, I think you look good on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. So I, I went and got Rio by Duran Duran. Mm-hmm. Didn't like it in high school because I was an idiot. Was Dumbass. This dumbing, doesn't have guitars in it. A dumbing, a dumbing idiot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, seriously, I was like, oh, this doesn't have guitars in it. I didn't listen to anything that had no guitars. <laughs> yeah, no, I I had that mindset. That was a that was a big thing for when, once we go to our two thousands nostalgia show, because everyone in the two thousands nostalgia was into seventies nostalgia for some reason. That was yeah. like a big thing. Like Zeppelin was massive in my high school. Yeah, Zeppelin and the Who and yeah. like wearing your hair long and you know. Oh yeah, it was we weren't all this... allowed to wear our hair long, but we were allowed to listen to Led Zeppelin and talk about it as much as we want. Yeah. We were not allowed to talk about rap. <laughs> <laughs> I well, wonder maybe, why. Yeah, I wonder yeah, why. That, that was yeah, but all of like uh, all of like the rock kids would stand in contrast to like uh, all of the kids. Uh, high, my high school was mostly white and Asian, so all of the white and Asian kids on like the basketball team would listen to hip hop, hmm. and then all the guys in band would listen to Zeppelin. For some reason, all the music guys would listen to Zeppelin. Because we were, t- this is real music, you know. Eventually, we all stopped. Eventually, we all learned better. We all, uh, I think, maybe it'd be funny if some people are still like that. They're still like, nah, man, synths not real music, man. It's not mm. real, man. There are, there's definitely guys that are still like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's they, very. By the time you, if you're, if you're like that though, once you hit your, your late twenties, you realize you can't, you can't act like that in public, but you still. You still feel resentful on the inside. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, you still... Because, you know, artists are useless, so they have to constantly justify what they do to themselves. And so one of one of method of doing that is creating this Byzantine set of rules where if something doesn't achieve that set of rules, it's not real art. Right. So, and that way you can... I'm creating something objectively important because I'm following the rules, you know? Yeah. That's cool. Uh, that is cool. I, we as should do that. You, as long as you let everyone know what the rules are and write it down, mm-hmm. and 
give it to the people before you perform. I always like giving people a list of rules before I yeah. do my performances. Absolutely. This is how Absolutely. you can enjoy my performance. This is how you should not be enjoying my performance. I, like, I remember when I was first making music, uh, maybe when I was in my early 20s, Mm-hmm. I w- and I would want to show people music. I would be like, "No, but you gotta get high first. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta smoke some weed before you listen to my new um, instrumental guitar track." <laughs> <laughs> this is the way it should be appreciated. This is how you're not gonna enjoy it or really appreciate it unless you gotta smoke some of this weed. Yes, of course, there's tobacco in there. <laughs> yeah. A spliff. What are you, a loser? In our that's um, part of the rules. It has to be in our 2010s uh, throwback. It'll be all this, all of the. Who will it be, Cody? In um, in our 2010s throwback. Well, uh, in our 2000s, I guess I suppose we could go to our 2000 throwback show right now. Can you? Uh, can we do a 2010s throwback? The teens. Uh, I don't know if like the 2000s culture has really started to crystallize now, and people are starting to grasp and understand what it was. I don't know if the 2010s, I think we're still too close to it to really understand what the big tropes from it were yet. I don't know. Well, what do you appears, think? Trump appears halfway through. Yes. Well, the, yeah, the 2010s are marked by this, like, uh, everyone's lulled into this false sense. It, it, it's actually sort of, it's another end of history moment, the Obama end of history moment, where end there was of, like... End of racism. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a thing. I mean, that's Obama won a prize because they were like the the Swedes were like, yeah, he has ended racism in America by being the black president. But it was there was this sort of sense of security in the country, even like even with like teacots, uh, the the economy was still doing pretty well. You know, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, for millennials, it was a different thing, but. Uh, but yeah, and then it punctuated by this uh, massive uh, loss of faith in the American political structure because of the election of Donald Trump, at, at least among Democrats, and a resurgence of uh, sort of a reactionary tendency not seen until not seen since. I guess the thing that you could compare it most to is like the seventies. Especially like in in the UK when you had guys like Enoch Powell doing Rivers of Blood speeches and stuff like that. And where you had those and where you had like busing come up as like a big issue where like this. I mean, that's but that was interesting about the 70s is busing. They said busing so they didn't have to say the N word. Right. They said, oh, we can get you to hate blacks by saying busing. Right. But now they just say, no, you hate blacks. You hate blacks again. That's it. Well, that's um, so the quote, we've that's devolved the quote from Lee further. Atwater, right? That's you're yeah, referring to I'm, the Lee Atwater quote that we don't have f- to say the N word. We we say a different code word, and yeah, it gets suddenly further, it becomes all about taxes. It, it becomes gets abstract further and further abstracted. Yeah, we, yeah, well, humans are natural at abstraction. That's mm-hmm. what we do. We mystify things with using abstractions. Absolutely. That's that's. Everybody, That's why every, you can, both, not everybody, but both political parties do that. So, uh, well, you've seen the way that Kamala Harris talks, right? It's so funny how she manages to. It's in, this incredibly wordy nothing. Yeah, I love that. We I, I are want, going to, to get together to aspire to make the fomentation of change a reality, in both the different ways we can work together to create more coming of age stories in different decades 
No, that's too specific. Oh. You you mentioned something specific, which was coming of age stories and different well, things. Well, she she knows how to follow the script, and if she maybe she she would work for us or say maybe we could send her one of our specs scripts to read. Uh, yeah, the 2000s she's, she's gonna need like she because she's not getting elected out of this Veep thing is the highest she's ever gonna go. So what's her next role now? Movie producer, Netflix oh, yeah. producer. Are you kidding? She's going to Netflix. Absolutely. Just like Obama um, did. Run to Netflix. Here's the thing. Uh, what do we know that's popular? 60s throwbacks. Mad Men. Incredible show. Everybody likes Mad Men. They're smoking all the time. They're womanizing. They're, that's, like, that's what everybody loved about it. They were like, oh, I love all the smoking and womanizing. Um, and eventually they got to the hippie era. That's what people also remember about the 60s is the incredible hippie era. Um, and so it's weird that we didn't have a 60s show. We had one in New York. Why didn't we have it at the center of culture in the 60s? San Francisco, beautiful San Francisco. And, of course, the title, there's going to be a horror element to this. This So the title is, of course, Hate Ash Scary. Mm. Hate Ash Scary, you know. What if, what if all this hippie energy, you know, was culminating for a reason? What if the Golden Gate Bridge was, in fact, a bridge to hell, you know? And that's going to be a big thing. It's like, yeah. that's going to be the big set piece in the middle is they turn the Golden Gate Bridge into a bridge to hell. And like a guy's committing suicide off the Golden <laughs> Bridge and then he lands directly in hell. He's like, ah, nuts. <laughs> nuts was one of the biggest um, uh, new slang words of the 60s. Yeah, they were going nuts all the time. They were yeah. going, ah, nuts. Because in the 60s, they were having 40s nostalgia. Right, right. And that was what the guy said at the Battle of the Bulge. Yeah, they were all saying, ah, nuts, because uh, the Battle of the Bulge was, of course, everyone had big bulges in their pants. It is funny that, testicular that, is, bulges. that that's from the Battle of the Bulge, I think. Or is it the different battle? I don't know. Uh, uh, listeners, the if you know which... Somme. If you know... No, Battle of the Somme was World War One. Listeners, if you yeah. know which battle it was... Well, what is World War Two if not World War One nostalgia? Nuts, then email houseofdecline at gmail.com. What is the origin of nuts as a swear word? Did it always did it always refer to the testicles? Maybe it referred to the fact that nuts are a lower food form. Maybe they were disrespecting the beautiful nut. That's, that's what squirrels eat, you fool. That's, yeah, that's what fucking rodents eat, you asshole. It's nuts. Just goddamn nuts. So, of course, in this in Hate Ash Gary, we have another duo. We have another duo of kids. They're, they're hippie kids. They're growing up in San Francisco. They're growing up in Tenderloin. And it's Moonflower and Cody. Okay. And M Moonflower, you might you might think he's he's a woman because Moonflower sounds a bit feminine, but he's a dude. He's absolutely a dude. Moonflower is uh Moonflower is a very masculine name to him. And that's like a that's a thing that comes up over and over. That's like an arc for his characters. Like, no, Moonflower is a man's name. He keeps saying. It's a beautiful man's name, he keeps saying. So maybe there's a lot of motorcycle riding while we listen to Steppenwolf? Yeah, that happens a lot. There's a lot of motorcycles. They're magic motorcycles. Okay, and I'm one, guessing... One is fire and one is ice. One, yeah, one is fire one is ice. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Motorcycles were big in the 60s. Absolutely. Well, it's Easy Rider, you know. Uh, they pick up Jack Nicholson eventually. They pick up a weird lawyer... And he and he uh, makes shit interesting for a second, and then he dies for no reason. But they all they do have group sex. They do have group sex, which was big, and huge in the sixties. 
Yeah, of course, they're all adults. They're all adults playing teenagers, so it's fine. It is fine. It is fine. It's definitely fine. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> and this, and this, uh, uh, we'll have guest director Roman Polanski for that for that episode. Yeah, that's when he wasn't canceled, so it's okay to, you know, that's when that was his heyday. You know, that's before he did all the all the stuff that made him. But everybody was doing what he did back then. You know. Yeah, David Bowie, Jimmy Page, yeah. uh, uh, Pat Buchanan, Steven Tyler, Richard Ted Nixon. Nugent. Uh, uh, B. Arthur yeah. was just molesting molesting young boys. Bill Cosby just across the country. Yeah, Bill Cosby. B. Arthur and Bill Cosby are really like the two biggest monsters in Hollywood. You know, I was uh, trying to remember where uh, "filth flarn flarn filth," the phrase yeah. "filth flarn flarn filth" came from, and it's yeah. Eddie Murphy raw. So I watched a little yeah. bit of um, Eddie Murphy raw. Watch some watch some very homophobic uh, Eddie Murphy jokes. Okay, but the main point, the main thing in Raw is him talking about Bill Cosby. Like, yeah. he devotes almost half the special to making fun of Bill Cosby, which That's pretty, uh, yeah. is awesome. That is awesome, because <laughs> uh, Eddie Murphy is definitely a more beloved figure now than Bill Cosby. Do you you recall that part? No, I don't recall. What What is he making fun of Bill Cosby? What is he saying um, about Bill, Bill Cosby's Cosby? kids yeah. want to go see Eddie Murphy. Yeah. And Bill Cosby doesn't this, and so this actually happened. Eddie Murphy's relating the story. Bill Cosby called up Eddie Murphy and was mad at him <laughs> for saying all the curse words. And <laughs> he does a, an amazing impression of Bill Cosby just like chewing him out. And then yeah. how, of course, how Eddie Murphy replies. Mm. Um, it just basically tells him to fuck off. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Murphy, you know, supporter of the queer community, loves trans women, as That's we true. know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think, uh, and you know, I think uh, what we haven't mentioned is queer content. There's going to there's gonna be a lot of queer content because, of course, I am a queer creator. Uh, Steven is a queer adjacent creator. I am next to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should start on your resume. You should start <laughs> listing yourself as queer adjacent creator. Um. I'm I'm gonna think of a way to shoehorn it in. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so Moonflower and Cody, uh, what separates them is that during their group sex, you know, they're they're fucking ladies, but then their eyes lock with each other and they realize they want to be fucking each other. You know, and that's what that's what separates hate hate Ash Scary from the other ones is this will be there's gonna be a real romance. There's gonna be a real romance with Moonflower and Cody. You know? Wow. Um, and Moonflower, you know, is always, he doesn't want to be the femme, though. He doesn't want to bottom. And he's just, just because I'm Moonflower, you think I'm the femme? You think I'm the bottom? You know, that's going to be a big thing of his. And Cody's always, uh, Cody's relaxed because he is ice. You know, he is chill. He is one chill dude. He is one cool customer. Okay, um, I'm getting an idea of who we can get to play Moonflower and Cody. Because they're, okay, they're both still yeah. alive. And if we just use a little bit of de-aging technology. A little bit of de-aging technology. Okay. Moonflower is John Voight. Yes. And Cody is Dustin Hoffman. You're right. Oh, my God. Everybody's talking at me. And I'm sucking off your penis. <laughs> sucking off your penis with my mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah, the big, the big sequence is going to be 
them on their twin motorcycles, they're holding hands. <laughs> you know, one motorcycle is 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 blaring fire and one is blaring ice and they're riding on the Golden Gate Bridge. The camera, it's a big drone shot. Mm. Camera pans up and it shows the portal to hell on the Golden Gate Bridge and they ride that highway to hell. Um, the, the big f- conflict, of course, they're trying to close the portal to hell. Who has opened the portal to hell? Mm. And, you know, what figure was Ooh. bigger in the 60s? Jane than- Fonda. Absolutely. It was Jane. It was Hanoi Jane herself. Opening the portal to hell, because um, she was using she was using uh, in Vietnam. She was she was uh, all hooked up there with the Viet Cong. Of course, they're trying anything to repel the American invasion, you know. And we're gonna give we're we're you know we're not such a patriotic we're not so such jingoists that we're not gonna give a lot of time to the Vietnam. There's gonna be a lot of uh, Ho Chi Minh himself will make an appearance in the show, oh. and he's going to help our protagonists, you well, know. And that's where all the hardcore gay sex scenes are. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be Kong. fucking and sucking in with the VC. They're going to go to the VC, and that's John, when they discover... John Voight's going to be cursing the damn gay communists. Yeah, all the time. He's going to be getting railed in the ass. It's like, I'm Moonflower! I'm Moonflower, damn it! And he's crying. Because he loves it, you know. He loves getting pounded in the ass. And, so he's the um, bottom. Why? So he's he, and that's what a bottom is, huh? Yeah. I finally understand. You you understand? You never you never put two and two together with that before? No. Wow. Thank you. I yeah, understand. Yeah, now you know. I, no, it's like so much more tweets make sense now. There you go. That uh, you've never heard the Willem song. That boy is a bottom, <laughs> bottom, bottom. Never heard that one. Um, I I have. I I didn't know what it meant. There you go. Now you know. It means someone who taketh a cock in the ass. Huh. But why are they called the bottom? Because the top is on. Because usually it's just a spatial positioning thing. But I, it'd be funny. But I but mean, because it'd be funny person... if you're doing like. Be on top, though. Aren't you generally on top if you are taking it, taking up? No, you're not on top. You're 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 bent over something. You could be facing each other. I don't, there's lots of ways. And frankly, it, you're right. You're right, Stephen. Well, it shouldn't it be like get, this. No, when you get top, that's when you get a blowjob. Yeah, I'm just I, pointing out that you the guys, top and the bottom thing. You guys Look, are not top- being consistent. And it's very confusing to those of us in the asexual community who are trying to understand. What <laughs> uh, you're taking, you're taking ase- you're stealing asexual valor. I am not. You don't. St- I have stop never, stealing I have never, asexual valor. I have never labeled myself anything. Okay. <laughs> and for you to doubt it here at the end of the show, when we have no time left, try to take away the possibility for me to defend myself. You have a child. <laughs> How did you make the child? You have, you have a biological child. You you have just committed such an offense. <laughs> to, you can't. You can't. What do you mean? Where? Maybe I found it somewhere. Maybe I found the <laughs> yeah, child. Yeah. You don't know that ace, aces can still fuck. You know, aces can still fuck for kids. You know, they're crying while they're doing it. It's like I don't want it. I don't want it. But um, you <laughs> there's going to be a very prominent ace Vietnam Viet Cong character. You're digging your own grave here. Okay. Uh. <laughs> I I get <laughs> asexual. We love you, asexuals, but uh, people tend not to uh, take them seriously as a queer identity because no one has ever been oppressed for not wanting to fuck. That's not true. 
That's not true. <laughs> is it not true? It's not true. Yeah. Society. Not, who has society been oppressed for not wanting to fuck? For a long time, society was constantly putting sex in, in movies and making you watch sex with your dad. Okay. I hate to pull out my, but I'm... What? Wait. Say that last thing again. Excuse me? Excuse you? What? What? Say that last society thing again? What did you just like say? constantly making you have sex with your dad. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. That's what that's society, you know, and you know, thank God we fixed that. Thank God we fixed that. Will Smith's trying to bring it back, though. Yeah, absolutely. And that's gonna be that's gonna be in uh, the end of history, you know. That's gonna be a big thing. Um, but no, I do think you, you could uh, make an argument for um, as, asexual people being discriminated against. Uh, we've got a very sexy culture, you know. Very sex oriented. It's all about. Not, se- I don't it's, know. It's like you're being bombarded with sex constantly. Well, less so now that the MCU is in tow and they've they the no more sex anymore. We're British. Okay, I mean, got you still got wet ass pussy g- coming on all the time. Is like England the mecca for asexuals? Yes, yes. It is. It <laughs> they is. all they all do a pilgrimage to the most asexual town in England, which yeah. is of course Cambridge. Yeah, you can do a mini pilgrimage to Boston. Um, <laughs> is Boston very asexual? That, that well, that's where all the wasps. That's what, I mean, <laughs> I was just it is a stereo- a of- listen, it's a stereotype that all asexuals are wasps, yeah. but it, there is some science to back it up. <laughs> uh, no, uh, asexuals, uh, asexual, I love you. You are a queer identity. That's fine. I'm not going to, don't get angry. Don't be mad at me. Tweet Please don't be mad at me. House of Decline. <laughs> D- <Twitter>. No. <laughs> No, don't be mad at me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for anything I've done. Be mean to Alex online. Try to get his uh, account banned. Um, you're talking about uh, various. You were talking about Boston asexuals, and I was thinking about uh, asexuals from like South. He's like, bro, do you want to have sex? No, let's go to Donkeys instead. Yeah, we're going to Donkeys instead of having instead of boning. Yeah, that's for losers. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, yeah, I, Irish. You're making yeah, them sound, house of pain all the way. You're making them sound cool. Here's the thing about here's the thing about jump around the the the, the most incredible Irish song of all time, "Jump Around" by House of Pain. <laughs> it is uh, it is an asexual song. They're not talking about fucking in the song. It's about how to fun how to have fun without fucking by just jumping around. Everlast, Everlast, the greatest Irish poet of all time, is an asexual. Many people do not know this. Everlast, asexual.